Welcome to this episode of the podcast, Guess What You're Gonna Hate? I'm Janine. And I'm Daniel Spencer. And this is a podcast about exposing someone to the very worst, and sometimes best, but mostly worst, pop culture of the 2000s. Today we are joined by Daniel Spencer, who is very excited to talk to us about Arrested Development. So, Daniel, do you want to tell us a little bit about your podcast? Yeah, sure. So I've got a podcast called Subverted Tropes, where my partner and I, uh, t- it's its a podcast about movies, like 90% of the podcasts <laughs> out there. Both being improvisers, we try and make a lot of jokes throughout the course of it. We'll do research on the production and, and kind of stories about the making of the movie, and then we'll watch it. And then after that, we'll talk about some of the tropes that come up and if they are fulfilled or if they're subverted and... We have a lot of fun with it. That's awesome. We are really excited to have you here today, especially because I feel like the whole concept of tropes and subverting them very much fits with Arrested Development. Definitely. I mean, feels like they were built for each other. Yes. What drew you to talking about Arrested Development for our podcast? Yeah, so Arrested Development is my favorite TV show. Well, it for a long time was my favorite TV show. I think probably Parks and Rec has taken over that. Oh yeah, that superlative. But it's just been a long-standing favorite of mine. I actually didn't catch it while it was on, you know, actually airing. But some of my friends in the the college years were huge into the show and got me into it. And I think part of the reason why I love it so much is the experience of watching it with them. Really, like really enhanced it for me. Oh, yeah. And then just the brilliance throughout the whole series of them setting up a lot of different things that don't pay off until significantly later, but they do a really great job of doing those callbacks. Mm-hmm. Like, it's clear that they knew where they were going throughout the series, and I really love that. Definitely feel you there on the whole concept of sometimes what makes a show really great is not so necessarily the actual content but the way you can actually share it with people who are watching it with you and arrested development is definitely one of those shows that is enhanced if you have somebody else who's experiencing it with you mm-hmm. it's like uh it's like the movie cabin in the woods or it's like it's a great movie to watch on your own but especially if it's something that the person you're watching with hasn't seen it just enhances that experience so much And I think Arrested Development in and of itself, too, is just a very unique TV show in that not only the content of it and the way the story is laid out, but also in the single camera setup that was kind of having a resurgence in the early 2000s and just kind of continued to really drive a lot of our comedy television shows and sitcoms. Yeah. For people who don't know about Arrested Development, you kind of want to go over like what the basic concept of Arrested Development is. Sure. Yeah. Arrested Development is the story of a family who had everything (laughs) (laughs) or who lost everything and the one son who had no choice but to keep them all together. So it's it tells the story of the Bluth family who are uh, in the real estate business. And the very first episode lays out the whole overarching plot uh, that the patriarch of the family George Bluth is jailed for defrauding investors and potentially some light treason, which really translates into building houses over in Iraq (laughs) when there were, you know, sanctions against that. 
the family itself is extremely dysfunctional. You've got George, like I said, the patriarch. You've got his wife, Lucille. So George is played by Jeffrey Tambor. Lucille is played by Jessica Walters. The eldest son, George Oscar Bluth, who goes by Job, got the twins, Michael and Lindsay Bluth. George Oscar Bluth, Job, is played by Will Arnett. Uh, Michael is the kind of the main character, the one son who has no choice but to keep them all together, uh, is played by Jason Bateman. Mm-hmm. And then Lindsay is played by Portia de Rossi. And then you've got the baby of the the Bluth family, uh, the youngest of the sons, uh, or of the children, I should say, as uh, Buster Bluth, and that is played by Tony Hale. And then when we get into like the rest of the family, we've got uh, Michael's son, George Michael, played by Michael Sarah, Lindsay's husband, Tobias Funke, played by David Cross. And then we've got uh, their daughter, maybe Funke, uh, who's played by Aaliyah Shockett. I think it's the like the main yeah the reoccurring like basic main people. Uh, there's also the Oscar Bluth, who is George's twin brother. Uh, so it's also played by Jeffrey Tambor. A very dysfunctional family who are used to having a lot of money, and uh, what with the business being under uh, under scrutiny, they find themselves maybe not as financially well off as they could be or as they're used to being michael is just trying to keep the company afloat and try and make sense of everything that's going on with his dad and the legal issues and keep the family together and there's a lot of goofy plots throughout the way and it's just a delight what's really unique about arrested development is not only does it have a compelling story it's just that all of the episodes have their own kind of drive to them and different jokes mm-hmm. in like the first three seasons. It's pretty much the episode itself has like a story it follows, like a thread of narration. And then at the end of every episode, there's like a, I guess, a preview of what happens next. But of course, it's never explored in the next episode, which is kind of like a single one off joke, which is actually much better than if they had tried to actually take those little one off jokes and written them into an episode it's very much like it shows the smartness of the writers there because a lot of less successful writers would have tried to shoehorn those ideas they had as gags into the actual narrative yes whereas they find a way of like oh yeah what would also be funny is if this happened and it's so it still pays off but you don't have to have some weird build-up to get there there were i think two maybe one or two episodes where they did have like on the next arrest development uh, and they showed scenes that were actually going to show up in the next episode. That was during the original Julia mm-hmm. Louis-Dreyfus character of uh, Maggie Lizer. It was during like her original stint in the show that they they had a couple that were actually previews for the next episode. But the jokes in that little bit didn't land as well because they were actually pretty significant pieces of information. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I think you're right that the having those as just little one-off jokes... We're a perfect button on the episode. Arrested Development was very successful among critics, but unfortunately had waning viewer numbers because it was just such a niche, like smart comedy. Mm -hmm. And so it was canceled after three seasons and then picked up again by Netflix just a few years ago, I think. Now they've got the the fifth one as well coming out this year. Yes. So as a fan of Arrested Development, how do you feel 
the revival of Arrested Development? How it actually, does it complement the 2000 series? Or, like, how do you feel about it? That is a fantastic question. So when season four was initially released, uh, and they released all the episodes at once, my uh, the friends who introduced me to Arrested Development and I, who we can all quote the first three seasons pretty much top to bottom every line uh we all got together and like we made cookies and we had frozen bananas because the bluths own a frozen (laughs) banana stand and like we were really excited for it and the fourth season in its initial presentation was very disappointing in my opinion they took the characters in directions that didn't really make sense for who they'd been in the first three seasons and I wasn't a huge fan of those arcs. And the mm-hmm. way that they presented the uh, fourth season initially was that they had each episode focus solely on one character. Yeah. And their experience within a certain story. And we'd see bits and pieces of someone else's experience, but then we'd get to see their aspect of that story in their episode. And it was a really great idea. I just don't know if it was particularly done well. Or if it really was Arrested Development, if that makes sense. It definitely does. It it feels like it took the whole way that Arrested Development told their stories in the first three seasons and changed it up completely. Yeah. Which I'm all for trying new things and, and trying to shake things up, especially since it had been so long since the show was canceled and then they picked it up. Mm-hmm. But... I just don't think it it worked as well as it could have. They actually just earlier this month released a remix of season four. They put it all together as if it was a standard earlier seasons. They completely redid the voiceover, which the voiceover, I can't believe I haven't mentioned this, is done by Ron Howard. And it's fantastic. It's incredible. It's so good. And so that actually, I just finished rewatching or watching, I should say, the remix. And it is significantly more enjoyable oh that's great i think it does a much better job of telling the story with an original feel to it ron howard did like redid Mm -hmm. the voice work for it and they changed around some of the they added some stuff they took out some stuff and i think the decisions that they made were very good when i watched the fourth season it wasn't that the story wasn't good or that you know the narrative didn't make sense It was really just every episode, because it focused on a single character, felt like a guest cameo episode, if that makes sense. It's like it didn't feel genuine. Yeah, I think that's a very good point. I hadn't uh, hadn't thought about it that way, but that that is a really good way of putting it. It it just felt like when you're watching it, it's like, oh, there it is. There's maybe. Or, oh, look at this one. Remember remember Michael Sarah? Remember George Michael? That's that's great. We he's here again, and it's that's just what it felt like to me. It just felt like let's give the fans what they want more of X character, but what we really wanted was more of Arrested Development. And in some ways, I think that really the revival itself was just set up to fail. It's kind of like when you have something that was so critically acclaimed and just so loved and enjoyed, anything that followed it would collapse. Yeah, I I agree. I think it's uh, it had been built up into so much of this cult classic mm-hmm. that has a very specific and individual feel to it 
that like anything trying to bring it back and continue it is like you said destined to fail not to mention that also just our general understanding of pop culture and the politics at large so the bluth family is very much a parody of the bush family Mm -hmm. and while the bush family is still public figures that we know our public consciousness has kind of moved away from that so a lot of that stuff just didn't really land the same way i feel and that's kind of why i'm hesitant for the next one because it's like on this on the one hand like are they going to update it so there's more like references to our current political climate or are they going to continue dragging up like the older stuff which is can still work it's just that will it be successful at still in this day and age also some of the references in the fourth season as well just felt like they were just too convoluted it didn't feel as natural as like the first three seasons did yeah but i know we we, i guess we shouldn't just focus on how arrested development is not uh fulfilling our wants and desires (laughs) but so you mentioned that you watched arrested development with your friends and i was kind of wondering do you have like Mm -hmm. and since you said you can quote most of the first three seasons did you have a particular storyline or story arc that you enjoyed the most out of the original run Ooh, that's a that's a tough one it's like having to pick between my children (laughs) so in the original series i think the storyline of the the crush that george michael has on maybe (laughs) and the the constant like are we is she adopted or is she not like really my cousin is it okay for me to have this crush? Oh, yeah. Uh, that whole storyline, I really love. I think it's done in a very comical way. Yeah. Especially with, like, Dangerous Cousins movie that was in French that he was very intrigued by, was redone for the Americas. The narrative says that it really suffered compared to the original French one because they like really crammed it down your throat that they weren't actually related to each other. <laughs> and then they're, they're like, and George Michael and maybe got closer to each other. And remember, they might not actually be related. It's so well done of being very dancing around a kind of weird subject, mm-hmm. but capturing the awkwardness of crushes <laughs> when you're at that age. Their dynamic. Yeah. I think it's like one of the first or second episodes. They're all sitting in the car and Tobias asks George to let maybe sit in his lap. And it's like, oh, there's a bumpy road ahead. Watch out. And it's just like his face of just like the utter panic. And like, he's just like, why? Why is this happening to me? I would say I like you did not watch Arrest Development as it was coming out. I just I didn't really pay attention to a lot of TV that was coming out around that time, but I watched it later in college with my now husband. Right. And it's actually surprisingly, I didn't like it the first time I watched it. And I think the reason, the first, the reason I didn't like it was because I was being promised that it was going to be so fantastic, you know? Oh yeah. And I think that's something that gets kind of taken away from when you watch something that has a huge critical acclaim around it, because now TV is more experimental in its format than it was when Arrested Development came out. It's one of those things you have to think about contextually. Because Arrested Development, at that time, when it was being aired, it was unlike anything else. And now, like you said, we have Parks and Rec, we have all these other different explorations of the sitcom experience. 
And Arrested Development doesn't really deliver those punches in the same way, I think. But having said that, I am I started rewatching it again to talk about it, and it's actually much more enjoyable now. So it might also be that now I'm a little bit older, too, and I can kind of understand some more of these concepts that are being joked about. <laughs> I would say my favorite Arrested Development storyline is just <laughs> when Buster loses his hand uh, to the seal. <laughs> <laughs> So he, like, plays a claw machine and, like, brings home a little... He loses his hand to a seal who bites it off. And later he, like, plays with a claw machine and ends up bringing home this little tiny seal toy. Like a little baby seal. And he says, I got these from the army. Because he's trying to... Because his mom, he's still in the army. It's fantastic. I These These are my my rewards. From army. From army. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's my favorite that's my absolute favorite <laughs> yeah it's really great and like some of the subtle hints throughout the i mean the whole that whole season uh at one point he thinks that he's snuck into mexico but he's really snuck to his uh snuck into his <laughs> housekeepers like the family housekeepers home <laughs> and uh he sees like a hand chair that he had and uh, he says the line, oh, I never thought I would miss a hand so much. <laughs> He's sitting on a bench right before he goes into the beach. And it's an, the bench says army officer, but the way that it's positioned with the way that he's sitting, it just says arm off. <laughs> and like just little hints like that throughout the whole season before he loses his hand. I think that's that that whole payoff too is why, again, the fourth season fell so flat because that was the third – like. It was that was the second season, right? It was like mm-hmm. the whole build up to it, and then like realizing what's gonna happen, like the payoff makes it ten times as funny as opposed to having something that's kind of just like each episode's an exploration of a different character. It just doesn't feel the same. Yeah, I completely agree. What are your hopes for the upcoming fifth season? For the upcoming fifth season, I have seen the trailer that they released for it, mm-hmm. and it looks like they're kind of basing the plot around the Bluths trying to give themselves Family of the Year award. Mm -hmm. And it looks like they're continuing the plot of Lindsay going more political and running for office from the fourth season. So Uh I think what I would like from the fifth season would be kind of a, a return to that feel of grounded comedy based off of this absurdist family mm-hmm. that has like this the same level of kind of punches to the jokes that aren't super like it's not going to be a fall off the couch laughing style of funny like yeah. Parks and Rec can get sometimes but go back to kind of that same level of smart comedy that we got specifically in seasons 1 and 2 I love season 3 but it also like they get very they break the fourth wall a lot with like trying to make sure they didn't get canceled. Yeah. And that, I think, doesn't carry as well. But I I just would love for that, uh, like, the same level of building up to, like, uh, several episodes building up to a punchline to pay off. I agree with you. I feel like if it can continue to have that smart, collected kind of writing that knows how to write something that's funny but takes itself seriously, which is... Like the whole Bluth family in a nutshells, they're absolutely ridiculous, but yeah. everyone thinks that what they're doing is entirely 100% serious. Mm-hmm. So it's not played off as a gag. 
the gag is in it, but it's not presented as one, which is why it becomes so funny. When it comes to Arrested Development, it's just because there are so many intricate comedy like parts to it. It's kind of hard to give like a total over four season commentary on it. Yeah. But I've really appreciated your view on it and your hopes for the future of Arrested Development. So tell the audience where they can find more about your podcast, like where you're located. Oh, yeah, certainly. So our podcast is on iTunes, uh, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube. It's hosted through Podbean. So, of course, you can find it on podbean.com as well. Uh, we've got a Twitter uh, and Instagram, which is at Subverted Tropes. That's S-U-B-V-E-R-T-E-D-T-R-O-P-E-S. We also got a blog at subvertedtropecast.wordpress.com. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining us again today. And as always, audience, you can find us hatepodcast.com or on Twitter at hatepodcast or on Facebook at Guess What You're Gonna Hate. Thanks for joining us, Daniel. It was nice talking to you. Thank you so much for having me. This was a delight. <laughs> thanks again. All right. Bye.